are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. I'm speaking on what God demands, God provides. Now, the Bible is a book of commands. In other words, God does not suggest this or that. God commands. Now, ever so often I get a letter from somebody and they say, Preacher, God expects too much. And this religion that you talk about and you preach is too hard. For instance, a certain lady in a place of business said to my wife not so long ago, Our minister never mentions drinking because he knows his members are human and he knows we're going to drink. And news for you. Born again children of God don't drink. The Bible commands, look not on the wine when it is red. Woe unto the man that puts the bottle to his neighbor's lips. Abstain from the very appearance of evil. And I'll tell you if you could see the ocean of tears and the barrels of blood that booze and strong drink has drained from the eyes of broken-hearted mothers, sisters, sweethearts, and wives. You'd say, surely there is no evil on the face of the earth that is more deadly than strong drink. And this dear lady said, our preacher doesn't preach against it because he knows we're human, we're going to drink anyhow. Well, now what God demands, God provides. And Christianity is the most reasonable religion, and it is the Christian religion. Christianity is the most reasonable religion on the face of this earth. There is no other religion quite so reasonable as Christianity. All right. Now, first and foremost, God demands and God commands we must be born again or we can't see the kingdom of God. Now that's settled. And of course, I know that some of you will say, here goes Brother Green again, you must be born again, you must be born again. You've heard me say this on the radio before, you've heard other preachers say it. George Whitfield, the great English preacher, preached on the subject, you must be born again, over 300 times in London alone. Over 300 times in one city. Somebody said, uh, preacher, why do you use the same subject so many times? And he said, because people must be born again if they hope to see heaven. Now, uh, listen. In John 3, 1, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, ruled the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know thou art a teacher come from God. No man could do the miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, marvel not that I said unto thee, comma, marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again! Exclamation point. You must be born again! Now, just a minute. 
Jesus didn't say, Nicodemus, I suggest, or I think it would be real nice, or it might be to your advantage, or maybe you'd be better satisfied if you'd be born again. The Son of God looked that sophisticated, educated, religious man in the face, and he said, Nicodemus, you must be born again. Marvel not, marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. And except you are born again, you can't see the kingdom of God. Now that settles it, Nicodemus. You must. Well, now Jesus demands the new birth. He commands all men to be born again or they can't see the kingdom. Does he provide it? I should say he does. And I want to say here emphatically, without apology, there's not one thing you can do. There's not one thing you can give. There's not one thing you can be that will cause the new birth to become yours. The new birth is provided by Almighty God. You can't do a thing to attain it. Now, preacher, I know there must be something I must do. All right, let's see. Now, First Peter 1.18, For as much as you know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your father, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who by him do believe in God, who by him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead, and gave glory, gave him glory, that your faith and hope might be in God. Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth, through the spirit of unfeigned love of the brethren, see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. Now listen. Nicodemus, you must be born again. It's a command. It's not a suggestion. It's not a suggestion, Nicodemus. I demand, I command, you must be born again. And what I command, I provide. Hear it now. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. All right, now. We're born again. We are born again through the Word of God. Paul said in Romans 1, 16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. John 1, 12. As many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. God gives the power. The gospel produces the power. We're born again by the word of God. We're not born again through merit or sacrifice on our part or giving or going or doing. We're born again through the word, the living word of God. That's the only way to be born again, my dear friend, through the word of God. So... First and foremost, God commands, God demands the new birth. You must be born again, but God provides it. We are born again, not through corruptible seed. 
Anything that corrupts cannot produce the new birth. Anything that corrupts cannot produce the new birth. It must be incorruptible, and the Word of God is incorruptible. Verse 25, 1 Peter 1, 25, But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. Now I repeat, the Lord God Almighty commands you must be born again. And he provides the new birth through the power of the word of God. Hear the word. Now listen. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation but is passed from death unto life. John 5, 24. Hear the word. Believe the word. The word is the power. The word is the seed. We're saved by grace through faith. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. The word brings the faith to accept the grace of God. So you see, what God demands, God provides. What God commands men to do, God makes it possible for man to do. What he demands, he provides. Kind friend, if you're not born again, it's not God's fault. God purchased the new birth. Jesus brought it down to man. The Word of God presents it. You receive it. And God works the miracle. The only way you can be born again is to absolutely let go and let God do the morning. You can't save yourself, but God can save you if you'll just believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. The second thing that I want to point out today that God demands and God provides is victory over the world, the flesh, and the lust of the world. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, in 1 John 2, 15, Love not the world, neither the things in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Now, is that clear? Now, the Holy Spirit says, If you love the world, the love of God's not in you. Now, what is the world? Anything that's not godly is worldly. Anything that's not right is wrong. Anything that's not pure is impure. It's not pure. If it's not pure, my friend, if it's pure, it's pure. And if it isn't pure, then it's not pure. So, there is absolutely no neutrality. Now, you say, Brother Green, I just cannot help but drink. I just cannot help but swear. I just cannot help but gamble. I just cannot help this. I just cannot help that. Oh, yes, you can. Oh, yes, you can. You say, Preacher, I'm a church member been a church member for years, and I just can't overcome. I just curse a little, I just drink a little, I just gamble a little, and if loving the world will send you to the pit, then, preacher, I'm sure to go, because I cannot overcome the world. Well, I tell you what, you're wrong, or the Bible's wrong. If the Bible's right, you're wrong. If you're right, the Bible's wrong. Now, which one do you think's right? I'm going to prove to you which one is right. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. There hath no temptation taken you. I don't care what your name is. Oliver Green, Sam Jones, Bill Smith, Sue Brown, Jane uh, White. It doesn't make, listen, it doesn't put your name in there. 
There hath no temptation taken Oliver Green, but such as is common to every man. Listen. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. Whereas you're tempted to gamble, others are tempted. Whereas you're tempted to drink, others are tempted. Whereas you're tempted to get mad and cuss and swear, others are tempted. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to every man. Now, here's the secret. But God is faithful. What God demands, God provides. What God commands, God provides. God never has asked a man to do anything that God didn't give him the strength to do it. God never has asked a man to believe anything that if that man will permit God, God will give him the faith to believe it. God supplies everything God demands. Therefore, thou art inexcusable. There is absolutely, positively no excuse for any person listening to my voice serving sin. There is no excuse for any Christian being defeated. Now watch it. If you love the world, the love of God's not in you. But there hath no temptation taken you but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. God is faithful. Who will not suffer. And that word suffer is an old English word that means permit. God will not permit you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Hallelujah. Now listen, friend. God commands us to abstain from the appearance of evil. God commands us not to love. Love not the world. See, that's a command. Love not. He didn't say, he didn't say, if you think it's best, don't love the world. He commanded, love not the world. Love not. Abstain from the appearance of evil. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works that come out from a, Listen, it's a command. It's not a suggestion. It's a command. But what God commands and what God demands, God provides. There hath no temptation taken you. First Corinthians 10, 13. Memorize it. Hide it in your heart. Don't ever forget it. Believe it. Stand on it. Live by it. And hallelujah. You'll be in that number when the saints go marching in. Yes, you will. Now read on. There no temptation taking you for such as his common man, but God is faithful. Now, that's the thing you want to underline. Underline it. Underline it. Believe it. Believe it. Stand on it. Stand on it. Don't deviate from it. Believe it. God is faithful. God will not permit the devil to tempt you above that you are able, but will, with the temptation, make a way to escape that you, yes, praise God, you may be able to bear. Now, God demands the new birth, or you can't see heaven. He provides the new birth through the Word. God commands, love not the world. And God gives the grace and the strength and the victory for every person to overcome the world. I warn you, I warn you, if you are defeated, it's not God's fault. There is victory in Jesus. Whosoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Have faith in God. Stand on those words. God is faithful. God will not permit the devil to tempt you. Above that ye are able, but will with the temptation make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Now that's Bible, and it's the truth. All right. Now number three. God demands holiness. Now wait a minute. Wait a minute. 
God demands holiness. I'm reading from Hebrews 12:13, And make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. Follow peace with all men and holiness. Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Follow peace, holiness. Without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. Well, I wonder what Mr. Green's going to do with that. I'm not going to do anything with him. I'll let the Bible handle him. This old book that I have in my hand has all the answers. All the answers. 1 Corinthians 1.26. 1 Corinthians 1.26. For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty men, not many noble are called, but God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty, and base things of the world, and things which are despised, that God chosen, yea, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh. Get it? Underline it. I'm reading 1 Corinthians 1.29. 1 Corinthians 1.29. That no flesh should glory in his presence. So, if no flesh will glory in his presence, then your holiness is not in your flesh. Watch it. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glory, he that glory, let him glory in the Lord. Jesus is my wisdom. Jesus is my righteousness. Jesus is my sanctification. Jesus is my redemption. Glory to God. Jesus is my redemption. He's my holiness. Now I want to read one more verse. In Colossians chapter 2 and verse 9 and 10. Colossians 2, 9 and 10. But, or rather, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Colossians 2.10, and ye are complete in Jesus. In Jesus I have the new birth. In Jesus I have victory. In Jesus I have holiness. In Jesus I'm complete. And I'm in Jesus. Because I have believed on Jesus. I have believed on Jesus. And I've accepted him as my personal Savior. Have you? We are saved by God's grace through faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We're born again by the word of God. We're kept by the power of God and the faith in God. And we will be presented to God faithful if we keep the faith. Paul said, I have fought a good fight. I finished my course. I've kept the faith. I've been a faithful Christian. Henceforth, there is laid up for me, or therefore rather, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Now, what God commands, God provides. The new birth, God commands. You must be born again. And we're born again through the Word of God. 1 Peter 1, 23. God commands, love not the world. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, God is faithful who giveth the victory. God commands, 
be ye holy. Without holiness no man shall see God. In Christ we have wisdom, righteousness, redemption, holiness, purity. In Christ that no flesh, that no flesh should glory in his presence. What God commands, God provides. In Jesus ye are complete. Are you in Christ? If you're not, receive him right now. Believe on him and he'll save you. Thank you for listening to the Classic Sermons podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. To listen to many more powerful sermons, visit our website, PreachTheBible.org. If you enjoy Christian music and programming, visit KNVBC.com for Christian music you can trust.